Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Time off with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, it's been a big day, a heap of retirements, none bigger than Eddie Betts. We'll have your say on the news of the day, of course. That's what Time On is all about. Uh, where's the grand final going to be played? How's it going to be played? There's so many questions still to be unanswered. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly could. Uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, it's wonderful to have your company on time on. Uh, Sam Hargraves is my name. one 736 736 is the number to have your say on the news of the day. Anything that you think needs to be put on the agenda, now is your time. one 736 736 433 is the temper text machine. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. Um, this is an extraordinary day of retirements, isn't it? Uh, Bob and Andy did a ripping job in, in covering them all off and as have all the shows throughout the course of the day uh, as well. So a heap of us, a heap for us to be able to work through and get through uh, and a lot that's been uh, happening on the station throughout the day uh, that we will bring you up to speed on as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The fixture uh, has been officially locked in uh, for the final game that was still up in the air for the last round of the season. So, as we know, Friday night, Western Bulldogs in Port Adelaide, Marvel Stadium, um, that's a 7.50 start on Saturday. Richmond and Hawthorne at the MCG, 1.35. Sydney and the Gold Coast at Marvel, 1.45. Brisbane and West Coast at the Gabba, 4.35. Geelong and Melbourne, GMHBA Stadium, that's 7.25 Saturday night. Carlton and the Giants at Marvel, um at 7.40 in what will be Eddie Betts' last game and his 350th. Plenty to talk about with that uh, throughout the course of the evening as well. St Kilda and Fremantle on Sunday was the game that we still had to have locked in and that will be at Blundstone Arena. So St Kilda going back to Tassie, it, was a, well, it wasn't a success as an experiment when they decided to play a few home games back there, down there in about the mid-2000s, I reckon it was. Um, Blundstone Arena, uh, that's going to be 12.15. And then Essendon and Collingwood at the MCG, 3.20. And then Adelaide and North Melbourne, uh, 4.40 uh, at the Adelaide Oval. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course, uh, your say on the news of the day. Um, but this was Eddie Betts today uh, speaking to the, the Carlton Footy Club and uh, speaking to media about being told uh, three weeks ago um, that he wasn't going to be offered a contract uh, for next year. Having that conversation three weeks ago because I, I wanted to know and I, I said, listen, you know, I've got stuff that I'm going to do, be doing outside of footy, so 
um, at least give me a heads up so then I can start organising a few things. And we sat down and had that conversation. Um, and, and I was happy with the decision. I was a bit disappointed. I was really sad at first because I felt like I wanted to go on because I love working with uh, the young players, especially the young forward, small forwards, and Matty Owies uh, and, and, and Josh Honey and those boys. And I really, um, you know, liked the way that they developed this year. And, and so I was a bit disappointed, but on the other phase, I was, I was pretty wrapped, pretty happy um, to start the next phase of my career. And, uh, and we sat down and we spoke about it. You know, like we said, we've got some small, some great small forwards coming through. Um, and, you know, I'm 34 going on a 35, so uh, I'm not getting any younger. Not getting any younger, Eddie Betts, uh, today. And he reflected on what reaching 350 games is going to mean to him. Thank you. Uh, first, more first, um, yeah, to reach 350 games, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, when you're growing up, you think about playing AFL footy and, you know, coming through the system, the TAC Cup, you know, your dream was to play AFL footy and to play, you know, one game of AFL footy. That was the dream. And, you know, here I am now, 17 years later, um, 350 games to finish on. It's uh, I kind of pinch myself, to be honest, just understanding about my journey and where I've come from and, and how I got to where I am and what I've achieved over those years. It's kind of, you know, I sit back and, and think, wow, um, you know, pretty exciting. But, yeah, I still can't believe that I played 150 games. Uh, Eddie Betts today, he was on Bob and Andy as well, and I'm going to play a heap of that audio uh, as well throughout the course of the evening. It was uh, great access, and he's doing the media rounds. He'll be on AFL 360 tonight, but Bob and Andy had him on uh, a little earlier on today. Uh, of course, we will go through uh, what all the big names have been saying all throughout the course of the day, but this is probably the biggest stories of the day, the, the retirees um, that have announced that they won't be going on. So not only Eddie Betts, but Kyle Hooker, uh, Levi Casbolt, Dave Asprey, Jared Harbrow. We had announcements yesterday uh, from... Uh, uh, a couple of the, from Homsch and Murdoch from uh, from the Gold Coast, Zach Smith as well. Um, so it's that time of the year, and we're expecting an official announcement on Sean Burgoyne. I think the Hawks might have let it slip when they encouraged the Tassie fans to get down uh, to Launceston, get down to Utah Stadium, and say goodbye to not only Alistair Clarkson but to Sean Burgoyne as well, which they did in great numbers, and it was beautiful moments at the end of that game. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have uh, your say on the news of the day and and on any of the retirees that have have made that announcement today and what they've meant to you and and your club and in your support of them and uh, the moments that they've brought to you that uh, you won't soon forget. Um, a lot of everybody's going to have a view on on Eddie Betts, but when when I think of Eddie Betts, um, I, I'm always reminded of this particular line from Jerry Maguire in Indio, California, Art Stallings. Check out what pure joy looks like. Check out what pure joy looks like. That's everything. When I think of what Eddie Betts has brought to the table, um, what he's done for the game uh, and for the community and for the country, that's what I think of when I think of him playing the game. Check out what pure joy looks like. If I ever had kids, and, and, and I'm hoping to one day, and they say... How should I go about playing this game? I, I think that's. I think it's Eddie who I would point to, and I'd say, look at the way that he plays. Look at the smile. Look at the joy. Look at the passion. Look at the pride. Not just in the game, but in his club, in his jumper, in his culture, and in his country. Look at the performance. That's. I think how wouldn't we want all of our kids? Wouldn't you want 
that's wouldn't you want that to be how your kid starts to play the game and finishes playing the game with just unbridled enthusiasm and pure joy every moment in every game? It's not to say that there wasn't, and we'll talk about the hard times, but from a pure playing point of view, I don't think there's a greater example of how we would wish that we could all, and then maybe there is something in that for all of us, about how we view the game and how we see the game. I see angry texts that come through on here on a regular basis. People ring up and, and are passionate and, and get upset and get angry about things, but Eddie's just such the great reminder, isn't he, that this is a game. It was supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyed. And when he was out there, none enjoyed it. And I don't think any have brought as much joy as he has to the game. The four-time Goal of the Year awards, I would think it's only a fait accompli that Eddie Betts has that award named after him moving forward. A lot of people have been talking about how we honour and pay tribute to Eddie Betts. Well, the award that he has made his own, let's make it his. Let's make it the Eddie Betts Goal of the Year. And have him presenting it each way. He's going to do much bigger things in the game. But for me, when I think about Eddie Betts, to me, he is everything that is right and good about the game. But every week during his career, he had to face what was wrong and what was bad in our game and in our society. It's a completely polarising point of view. It's a completely polarising position, isn't it? To be everything that's right about the game and have to be the person that leads the fight against everything that is wrong in the game. It's an extraordinary legacy, I think, that he leaves on the game. He's in an echelon that very few people get to and it's not just what you were as a player. 350 games, you know, close to 700 goals. It's more than that. There's something intangible about what he has brought. And it's, as Eddie, as Jared Waitley said, that he will change the country. A lot of what Eddie Betts is saying now about racism and about racism in this country and in this game, these are things that Adam Good tried to say several years ago and was booed out of the game and, and, and howled out and howled down from the game. And people didn't want, just for some reason wouldn't cop it and wouldn't hear it from Adam Goods. But we're getting a second chance here with Eddie Betts to actually listen and take it in. And people seem to be more accepting and willing to listen to Eddie. And he spoke about the impact that Adam Goods has had on him throughout the course of the week. And maybe that's another great part of his legacy that he, he gets to take up that mantle. No one, unfortunately, we just didn't want to hear it from Adam Goods, but we seem to be, want to and seem to be uh, more open to hearing it from Eddie. So his impact is just in, in a place that maybe doesn't get measured up to a single person or a group of people. Maybe it's in a category all of his own. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And to hear him say, I just hope I made you smile. Well, you've done that and more, and now I think we hope that we can do the same for him and make him smile. That would be a wonderful parting gift, wouldn't it? And I think there's important work that he is still going to do. Um, there's a heap to talk about with all the people that are retiring, and there is a heap that is making news today. And I know that a lot of people want to have their say on, on Eddie Betts and Glenn's in Point Cook. G'day, mate. How are you, buddy? I'm really well. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, look, I mean, long-time Carlton supporter. Um, yeah, I like Eddie Betts. I mean, look, unfortunately, we got uh, robbed of his best because I think I think at Carlton he was he was very good, um, and then he had one bad season. It wasn't a bad season. He had some injuries, and then 
for some ridiculous reason, we let him go. I don't really understand why, but, you know, good luck to him. He went to Adelaide, played really well, came back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that he's uh, that he came back to Carlton. I think it's probably time for him to hang up the boots, though, because you want to see those players go out with a little bit left in the tank. I don't really want to... If he played another year, um, I'm not sure that he would have necessarily... Um, got to the ball as much as he can now, so that could have been, you know, it's just it's just good to remember him as a as a player that he was. I think with a little bit left in the tank. Um, but yeah, good luck to him. I'll, I'll give him a. Um, I'll be uh, definitely watching and clapping him when he uh, plays his last game. Yeah, well said, Glenn. I, th- I don't think you'll be Robinson Crusoe there. Um, his games, his his career from games two hundred to three hundred. Um, where he kicked over 250 goals uh, in that time were, were, were the best uh, of his career, obviously. And so his his best years probably, obviously, from a, a performance point of view, were with the Adelaide Crows. But uh, the body of work over an entire career is is extraordinary. And, and Dwayne Russell saying today that he's the best small four that he's ever seen. In my life, he's in the top two, and there's a bit of bias in mine because as a Hawthorne man, Cyril Rioli, um, but they played the position a little differently. Um, and, and people would, you know, there'll be people that will say, well, you know, Stephen Milne is, is in that conversation as the greatest small forwards of all time. But Eddie, absolutely in the t- best two that I've ever seen. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Um, pure joy. Well said, mate. Some of Eddie's goals are the best and most skillful you can ever see. And he did enjoy them. That's from Jezza in Wangaratta. Uh, Mark says, more to the point, Sam Mattel, we should live our life with joy and enthusiasm. And off the text, the Eddie Betts trophy for goal of the year. That's from Mick. I, I think we should start that groundswell, shouldn't we? I mean, it just seems right. And there's a lot of things that we will be able to do to honour uh, one of the great careers. But but that's a good starting point, I reckon. one uh, 736 736 John's in Mill Park. G'day to you, John. G'day, Sam. How are you? Really well. Thanks for calling in. That's the way. Um, I just want to just talk very quickly about two players. Obviously, Eddie Beck's been the first, and I'll just very quickly, but... Um, superstar and I think a super person as well but I think the one yep. memory that I have, everyone knows his goals, great goals um, and no one's in 99 but for me what stands out is when he kicked the goal on Sydney Stack but was still able to go back pick him up off the ground and have a quiet little chat to him. That just showed the calibre of the person. It was his competitor, competition but it didn't bother Eddie Betts and I think that smile, whether whether he was beaten or whether he kicked the goal when he smiled to his opposition, that smile wasn't a sarcastic smile and that was just a smile of joy wasn't you it? Cannot, you cannot. It's a great it's moment, John. That's a goosebump moment, isn't it? I heard Bob and Andy talking about it, and it and it just put a, automatically put a smile on on my face as well. Um, that's everything that is wonderful about that. Was two competitors going as hard as you like? You give it your best, I'll give it mine, and we'll just see who comes up with it. And at the end of the day, I mean, Sydney Stack, all respect in the world. Uh, some people criticised him at the time. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was um, real maturity from, from him to say, hey, you got me and you are, you are one of the greatest. And, there are, and, and those are moments that will live. That, that, those are moments that get played 50 years from now when we're all gone, but those moments live on. Those are, that's part of the, the history of the game that, that, that keeps propelling it forward from generation to generation. Absolutely. And the other thing that I want to talk about is David Ashbury. Um, even yeah. for those that don't support Richmond, David Ashbury was not just a, a mainstay of Richmond's defence. He was an absolute pillar that allowed Rance, that allowed Grimes, that allowed Hawley, that allowed Vlosten to run off their men and create. I mean, we, we don't give enough credit to this man. I mean, he started off as a forward, had 
so many injuries early on in his career. And even the last two years, we're forgetting that he was injured last year and injured again this year. But I, I absolutely admire David Ashbury, and he's a really good defender. And a lot of people don't give him the credit that he thoroughly deserves because if it wasn't for him, we don't win a lot of the games that we played in. But he was the mainstay yep. of that defence. Yeah, I call him the, the, the designated driver, John. Um, there's everybody's got a mate who says, no, no, you guys, you guys have a, have a few tonight. Oh, you give me the keys. I'll make sure we all get home safely. I'll make sure you guys can have the fun, but I'll make sure that, uh, what needs to happen at the end of the night is what happens. And that's that Everybody gets home safely. So he sacrifices a lot of his own night, uh, the designated driver, just to make sure everybody else can have a great one. It's a lot like what Harry Petty is doing at Melbourne, what Adam Tomlinson was doing earlier in the year, but you're hundred percent right. And maybe externally doesn't get the praise that it deserves, but certainly internally, David Asprey would be held in the highest of esteem by Grimes and Rance and those guys, uh, Short and Hooley, because that's exactly what he enabled them to be able to do. Yeah, no, great. And, and it's, it's a shame that he's retired, but I think there's more to come at Richmond, and I think it's needed. Uh, we don't. I, I don't say this disrespectfully to Hawthorne. We do not want to be a Hawthorne, and I don't think we will be. We've got six picks in the top 40 this year, which, you know, name a premiership team from the previous year that's, that's got six picks in the top 40, two in the top 15. It all goes well for Richmond. Again, you know, maybe not next year, but 2023, really making another major play for another premiership. Uh, well said, John, and really appreciate the call. Uh, Dave Asprey, one of the other retirements today, and we've got off the text. If you haven't seen Dave Asprey's retirement address yet, do yourself a favour and have a look. Best I've seen. People like to kick the uh, the sea rap out of Richmond being arrogant, but people like Dave Asprey are the heart and soul of that group, and there's not an arrogant bone in his body. So we'll play that for you next uh, on the other side of this. Uh, time on your say on the news of the day. Dave, Dan, Mark... Stay right there. You'll be uh, up straight after this. Today I'm formally announcing my retirement. Um, um, it's been an incredible 12-year journey for me. Um, uh, an absolute joyride. Um, and it really is a dream to stand up here and be completely content with what my career consists of and be really proud of that. Um, my immediate family and my inner sanctum of friends have known that um, 2021 uh, was going to be my last as I embarked on it. And others who I've notified more recently, um, they've seemed somewhat surprised um, or thought that potentially it was premature. Um, and for that, like, I'm, I'm quite humbled. Um, that makes me feel like I really sprinted to the finish line and was still have been really contributing, and I'm really proud of that. Um, I'm also really humbled um, by the football club uh, really wanting to keep me around. Um, but I know that this decision is right for me, and I think that it's certainly going to be the right one for, for the football club going forward, as difficult as it is for me uh, at this time. Uh, David Asprey today, three-time Richmond Premiership player now, 155 games he'll finish up on. Uh, he'll line up for Richmond this Saturday against the Hawks. He was picked 35 in the 2009 draft. He's called time on a, on a 12-year career, and... Uh, should be immensely proud of, of what he was able to achieve. And, and 
you know, we had a couple of callers calling through before about that his impact is not just for the fact that he did his job every week, but in his do, in him doing his job, he allowed the other players around him in that back six to flourish and they got accolades and they got all Australians and they might have got best and fairest, but... Uh, you wouldn't think that many of them would have been able to achieve what they did if it wasn't for a Dave Asprey being there. Uh, and as I, I like to call them, the, the designated drivers, um, the ones who sacrifice their own night out so that uh, everyone else can have a couple of frothies and, and have a good time. Uh, but you can't get home safely. You can't have that without having that designated driver. Um, off the text, because we had... Uh, Someone uh, we had uh, a call before, uh, hoping that Hawthorne uh, Richmond doesn't follow the same path as Hawthorne when they uh, fell off. Well, when the run ended, when the when the when the music stopped playing uh, in their run of success, and Joe would just like to respond and say, "You should have told John that Richmond will never be uh, Hawthorne as we had a three-peat. <laughs> uh, that's I didn't want to say that, Joe, but uh, it's very sharp stuff from you, and and I know that'll be taken in the. Uh, the, the right way is just a, a bit of good-natured banter. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. Willie Rioli's spoken today uh, for the West Coast Eagles. I'll play a bit of that. And Eddie Betts, obviously, is the biggest of the retirements that uh, are being announced at this stage. And we're expecting something official um, in regards to Sean Burgoyne. Uh, and we'll talk uh, more about that when, when that is officially announced from the Hawthorne Footy Club. But that's the expectation that is... Uh, is being discussed at the minute. Um, but Eddie, obviously the biggest one of those, and he spoke to Bob and Andy earlier today, and there's some great moments in that chat that I'll play for you in just a moment. But this is all about your calls, your say on the news of the day. Uh, Dave's on the road. G'day to you, Dave. Hi, Sam. Yeah, uh, well done to Eddie Betts. In regards to Dave Asprey, it was a bit of a shock, I've got to say. Uh, yeah. But Daniel Tarley is available. And uh, if Sean Bergwijn was actually to move on from Hawthorne, we could probably take him for a season, because I know Luke Hodge did a similar sort of thing. Uh, and my, my, my last thing in this chat will be, a lot of professional sports around the world use the last round with the same times for all the games to avoid any, I guess, manipulation of results or positioning on ladders or tables or whatever. Now, why does the AFL still insist on spreading it out? Because the, the overseas, like the Premier League, can, you can watch any of the games you want, really. They're all played at the same time. We saw at the Olympics, Channel 7 can have multiple views or whatever. Why do we still insist on having these scattered last round where results can be, I guess, uh, fudged in some ways? And they have shown to be doing that in the past as well. Oh, look, uh, look you, you, you make a good point about what Channel 7 has shown that you can do as part of the Olympics with the 7 Plus. It was fantastic. And with the SEN app, we were yeah. able to do the same thing, having multiple things going on at once. But it does drastically dilute the product. And if you've got all those games going on at the same time, it, our game just isn't as big financially as those. So when you're an advertiser um, and instead of getting, whether it be on the Friday night game or the Saturday, instead of knowing that when your ad comes on, and this isn't the only reason, but it's a reason, uh, the broadcasters, I don't think, would be wrapped uh, with that, Dave, um, because they, they but do... it's only one round. I know, but, but there's a cost associated with it. I'm just throwing up a reason why it might not ever happen. Um, if you're wondering why it doesn't happen, I would say that the broadcast uh, arrangements would be a, a major hurdle in that and getting them to agree to that. Um, also, too, that to do that, to have all those games going on at once and to have all of them broadcast at once, I don't even know if there's enough broadcast trucks to do that. 
I know that that's been an issue well, during COVID it's... by having enough actual, having the infrastructure to, to actually do that from a broadcast point of view. But if you want to keep the integrity of it and you oh, want it to be yep. viewed as, prof- as professional, then that should be a possibility to do. The AFL was, well, it was flush with cash until this season <laughs> or last year, but it shouldn't be that hard to do. You've got KO platform, you've got Sevens, got seven one two, and it's got Flicks and Mate or whatever. It should be done. It's just one round. And then there would be no questions asked by the teams who are competing. It just it just makes a bit of a mockery of the whole thing, really. It just looks a bit amateurish. I'll tell you what would be amazing, Dave, being at home at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, again, in lockdowns and uh, the restrictions even stricter in Victoria now. So um, some people have a party and then go on a pub crawl and we punish parents and kids at parks and um, exercise equipment, which is interesting to say the least, but we won't turn political all of a sudden. But in lockdown at the moment, can you imagine having nine games going on at once and how you might... During the Olympics, I saw people with two TVs, two laptops and their phone all going, and that still would only have you through just over half the game. So uh, I do hear what you're saying, though, from an integrity point of view, and it is an exciting part of the problem it is an exciting part of the finish to a Premier League season. The other thing is, do we have enough grounds? MCG, Marvel, Adelaide Oval, Optus, SCG, uh, Giant Stadium, um, Metricon, Gabba. That's eight games. And you'd find another one. Yeah, we'd be able to, we'd be able to make that work. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dan's in Wodonga. G'day, Dan. Good evening, Sammy. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. What have you got for me? Mate, I think, like, I just wanted to call up and give Eddie Betts a bit of a rap. We all know it. Everyone everyone loves him. I love him. I'm not a Carlton man. I'm actually a Sydney man, but yep. you can't help but admire the bloke, and, and that's what you do. For sure. I think I'm one of, I'm probably a lot, like a lot, a lot of people, I watch my team, but I love watching the other players sometimes, mm. and one of those players was Eddie Betts. You might not want to watch Carlton or Essendon or whatever. Whatever is not your thing, but you'd always watch just to watch Eddie Betts. And I thought it was fantastic that the way that he's been, he carried himself through his whole career. I think another thing that we won't even, we can't give him credit for, but we won't realise until time has passed, will be the impact that he would have made on the Jack Martins and Petresky Seatons and, and whoever at Adelaide that he's mentored and coached through and helped through from that young Indigenous side of things to say, you know, this is okay and this is the positive steps we can do and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I don't think it'll be another 10 or 15 years until their careers are finished and they talk about the positive impacts that, that he has had and will continue to have on those younger Indigenous players coming through. Yeah, I think that would go across all clubs, um, Dan, not just from... Uh, a Carlton point of view, but I think his reach is universal across the league um, as what he is in uh, as a leader, uh, as a role model, and again, not just for Indigenous players and the Indigenous community, but but I, as I said before, when 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 I have kids, and I hope that I do, and, and I hope that they love footy, and I hope they want to play. If I if I could point to someone and say that's how you do it, that's how you play, that's the right way in which to play the game, uh, it would absolutely be Eddie Betts. Um, but thanks for the call, mate. Uh, it's a great point that you make. Tim's in Doreen. G'day, Timmy. Oh, g'day, Sam. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. That's right. I'm just ringing up about Sean Burgoyne, and I hope I'm not preempting this because um, if the great man wants to play on forever, I wouldn't want to stop him. Absolutely. Amazing. But I just was reflecting, thinking, and it's been a really tough two years for Victorian footy fans um, in terms of being locked out of games and no crowds, but how lucky were we 
that that window opened up where we were allowed to have crowds for his 400. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was lucky I, enough I to call that. it, Tim, and I'll, yeah, never forget yeah, that. I'll never forget it. Yep, and I was there myself. You know, we were lucky enough. We got tickets. We sat sort of behind the goals. And it didn't, you know, the, the, the game didn't work out, but the... What happened before the game with his family and his his, his ex teammates and his current teammates, and yep. uh, after the game, how he was chaired off by um, you know players from both teams, and it was an incredible night, and we were just so lucky that it fit into that window. I think it was the last time we had the last round we actually had crowds in Melbourne before you know this most recent lockdown. So I just was thinking how lucky we were and how blessed we were we could be there for it. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Tim. It was a really special night, wasn't it? Um, I, you, you were saddened by the fact that it couldn't have been uh, amongst more people and, and with more people, but the, the, the club and the AFL did it beautifully. Uh, it was a really special, special night. There was a, a, a magic in the air to that, um, and, and there's always been an, a magic in the air at, with, with Eddie Betts as well. And Sean Burgoyne, we, you know, we spoke about it around the, the 400th game, but... There was a, a statistic that comes out, and I'm more than happy to. And I know that there's there's a couple. My old mate Gary will um will, will jump in straight away. But with you, when you break down the percentages of the of the positions that he played throughout his career, statistically, he's the most flexible player that's ever played the game. Now, you absolutely throw Adam Goods in the conversation for that, given the, the positions he played and and what predominantly he played in his Brownlow years and Premiership years and things like that. But but he was the greatest Swiss Army knife player I think we've ever seen. I, I said that there's a Sean Burgoyne for, for every situation. Um, and, and Bob Murphy described it today as he's, he was Clarko's draw four. He might, he's the greatest draw four because he, there, there wasn't a situation that you couldn't inject him into to have a difference on the outcome of. Um, and what he... I mean, and people have been texting in all day. There's no three-peat without Sean Burgoyne. I totally agree with that. The, the Kennet curse doesn't get broken without Sean Burgoyne. It wasn't the goal... That, that he it wasn't just the goal that he kicked with the cel- the airplane uh, celebration. It's the one he set up before that, the one on one contest, the handball, uh, and the goal. Um, that's just as important and doesn't get replayed as much. But they should get played side by side. Yeah, he he's just special. I mean, and I heard Bob and Andy talking today, and it's hard to argue that if you could pick a player's career to have. It's not 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 a bad one. It's he, he, if if you could give who's the top five careers that you'd want to have if you could have, have picked anyone's career to have, his isn't he's would be right up there, wouldn't it? And there's a bit of Tom Brady about it too. Um, his career at Port Adelaide alone is worth Hall of Fame, you know, All Australian Premiership. But he's he, he, as the boys were talking about today, he's had two careers and they're both Hall of Fame worthy. That's an extraordinary mark to, to leave on the game. That's a career. That's phenomenal. Uh, Mark's in Parkdale. G'day, Mark. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? I'm really well. Thank you. I just wanted to check in. I, I, um, I've got a couple of Carlton supporter mates, and, and, and I like to hang it on them about a lot of things, and I have for a long time with Eddie Betts, but the way he's carried himself in the last two weeks, three weeks, is absolutely amazing. And, and you actually hit it on the head with between him and Adam Goods. For some reason, nobody listened to Adam. But I think there's a lot of people that are going to listen to Eddie. And also, at the same time, and the timing's been perfect, with Paddy Mills. I think these two guys in the last two weeks have opened a lot of eyes and a lot of ears. And I think a lot of people are going to learn a hell of a lot from it. So, good luck to Eddie. And and I think uh, I've I've definitely grown to, uh, to love him over the last few weeks, even though I've given a lot of my mates a lot of crap over the last years about him as well. So uh, c- congratulations to him and 
good luck to him. Mark, thank you. Uh, those are really prophetic words and appreciate you ringing to share them. Um, 0433981116, the temper text, temper a mattress like no other, and 1300-736-736. Hey, Noham, don't forget or downplay Hooksy's retirement announcement today. He was a warrior for the Bombers and much loved. You're not a Carlton supporter, are you, mate? No, no, I'm not, and I absolutely wouldn't downplay Kale Hooker because I, I was speaking before about how I'd want my kids to play this game if and when I'm lucky enough to have them. And I would there there is a part of that that has my mind go to Kale Hooker because I'd I'd want to play to them the chase of Buddy Franklin the two times in that game not because of one to show them how great a goal it was from Buddy but to show them Kale Hooker in that that goal is as great as it is I think those goals are as great as they are from Buddy and he was much more than this as a player he kicked the, a winner against Hawthorne which was um, beautiful serendipity and 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 justice I suppose um, but an extraordinary career over 219 games 13 seasons uh, and all Australian in his own right as well but I'd want to show them that. As, a, as an again, another example of how to play the game in the right way. Those goals of Buddy's are only as good as they are, I think, because of how good Kyle Hooker is in that moment. So you only you appreciate the Franklin goal um, even more because he was pushed all the way. It's 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 made better because of Kyle Hooker. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll hear more from Eddie Betts on the other side of this on Time On. Uh, well, for me, all I want to do is put smiles on people's faces. And, um, you know, the way that I've been brought up with my family, um, they just told me to treat everyone equally, be kind, and make someone else happy. And, and that's what I try to do playing footy, is make other people happy, um, go out, and just try to kick some goals and, and make people smile. And uh, and if I've done that, like I said on my post, that I'm happy. You know, obviously, I haven't got a premiership is the ultimate goal, but... If I made um, people smile, my job here is done. Oh, it's a job well done. It's a job immensely well done. Um, if we all did our jobs uh, that well, then wouldn't we all just require pay rises? Uh, Eddie Betts speaking to Bob and Andy uh, earlier on today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 736 736 is the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Sam, bit harsh on your future kids asking them to play like Eddie. Not many can play like Eddie. Now, I certainly wouldn't say you've got to play as well, but it's the how he goes about it, um, not what he produces, because uh, that's uh, very few have been able to reach those heights. Um, but it would be the way in which he plays the game that I would want my kids to emulate. Um, come on, Sam. The only person showing videos of Kyle Hooker to their kids would be Kyle Hooker. Great career, but seriously. Uh, laughing emoji there, Jason. I know you... Uh, just taking the P one double five, and I'm happy to cop that. Uh, but that is that. If if every junior coach isn't showing their players that from a Carl Hooker point of view, um, well then, I mean, I'm not going to say they're doing a bad job because everyone that puts their hand up to coach junior sport uh, deserves nothing but our admiration and respect. But surely that's in the coaching uh, manual one hundred and one for juniors, isn't it? Never give up. That'd be one you'd have to highlight. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Steve's in Keelor Park. G'day, Steve. Hey, Sam, how are you going? I'm really well, thank you. Good, mate. Yeah, I just want to mention with Eddie Best, I'm a massive Carlton supporter, so it's sad to see him go, but what a wonderful career he's had. Yeah. Um, both, obviously, at Carlton Adelaide. Um, I worked I worked part-time the MCG, and I remember seeing him play in the under-18 comp in the grand final, and he could kick the bag, and I was just hoping Carlton would draft him, and I was so wrapped when they did after that game. So, yeah, it was a great career. Certainly was, Steve. Well said, and I appreciate the call. Um, David Teague uh, was speaking about uh, Eddie Betts and, uh, and paid tribute to him as well. I was here when he walked in the doors, and he couldn't have delivered that when he got in. Um, and he's grown 
and we talked about Murph, and you've lived at Mel, you've lived Australia in a place, what you've done, smiles, so you've walked to people's faces. Uh, I still think it was a, a vote at one stage with who's the most loved player in the I think it was Eddie, but he did turn up running the time trial with his thumb in his, his jumper because he's trying to keep it over his belly from popping out. And then, uh, so you are now, mate, the way you point about your growth as a person, um, you're very special for having a But if you make positions, bring you back here, and see what you've done with dirt, with honey, with what you've invested in others, and wanting to make them, wanting to make our club great, that's what we brought you back, mate. You know? An emotional David Teague paying tribute to Eddie Betts today uh, when he announced uh, to the playing group that uh, he wouldn't be uh, continuing on. So 350 games, uh, he'll play his 350th this weekend. Um, and there's just not enough that we can say in as many platitudes. There's not enough platitudes that exist uh, for us to be able to do justice uh, to to him. As I said, there's a, there's a rare air and there's a, a certain stratosphere that some people get into that's um, maybe not defined by anybody else or comparable to anyone else, and I certainly think that he's in that. Um, he spoke about the um, the idea about playing on uh, with Bob and Andy today. I'm done. I honestly thought I could go for another year, to be honest. Um, I honestly thought, uh, but, you know, we had that conversation with the club three weeks ago, and, um, yeah, uh, they said they weren't going to offer me another contract, which I was pretty happy to accept, and I'm pretty excited for what the the next chapter looks like and um you know spending time with anna and, and my five kids and um putting stuff in place now which i'm really excited for uh he also spoke about it's always good to know from uh, some of the greatest uh, who and the, those who uh, are turnstile tickers and eddie that that is one category that that he will be in there there's certain players that you'd be happy to watch no matter who you barrack for uh, if someone said hey i got it got a ticket to, to go see Adelaide uh, at the time or, or whether it be Carlton at the time. You'd, you'd take that any day because, you know, you could just be there for something extraordinary. Uh, and that's and then you, as a commentator, they're the games you've got the most nervous about. I don't get nervous before I call games, but there's certain players that you know you're going to be calling and you just know that they're capable of producing something that you need to be good enough to put a soundtrack to. You know, will you do the moment justice? There's very few players that make you nervous. He was one of them because he was going to do something and were you good enough to go with it uh, in terms of how you described it, especially on radio, um, how do you describe some of the things that Eddie's able to do in the blink of an eye that he's able to do them in? Um, he is a turnstile ticker of the highest order. So who do turnstile tickers like watching play? I'm always fascinated by this answer. I, I kind of was thinking about it now, and I, and I thought about it. You know, when my time's up, looking at the next batch of young Aboriginal talent coming up, and yeah, we got a little cozy. That that's some talent. You know, that's that's next Cyril right there. Cozy can do what Cyril did, and um, it's crazy to see because he's only his second year, and he's going to be an unbelievable player in the future. What Charlie Cameron's doing now at Brisbane. Mm. Is, is crazy, you know. So, and, and these young kids, they, they put smiles on my faces, and uh, it's it's good to watch. And you know, now that I'm done, obviously Cyril was done, you know, uh, a few years back. That we can sit back and watch these young kids turn it on. So, isn't that great praise from a man that was perpetually putting smiles on faces? Just who puts one on his dial? Uh, that's always great to hear and great to listen to. And uh, I suppose all we can really say now is thank you to Eddie for everything that you've done. Uh, for the game and for the broader 
uh, community, for for the country as well, and what I think you'll end up doing as well. Um, you have our eternal gratitude. Plenty more that's been happening throughout the day as well. Congratulations to Eddie, but to all the players that have announced their retirement today. We heard about Dave Asprey. Levi Casbolt uh, is another one. I'm a big fan of the double Cobras. I was always disappointed when he put them away. Um, but he can finish his career knowing he got the absolute most out of himself. And as heard Bob and Andy talking today, that he got more out of himself than I think many people ever thought that he would. Um, so to all those that have announced their retirement and will, and we'll continue to, to do our best to honour you. Uh, Willie Rioli spoke today about the possibility of him returning for the last game of the year and just his return to football uh, in general. I'll play that for you on the other side of this. Been a, been a long, long, hard you know, journey back, but um, you know, I'm grateful, grateful for it. So, how did you feel, Willie, when you're in isolation and just waiting for the outcome of, of the investigation? Yeah, it was uh, mentally challenging. Um, you know, lucky enough, I had great family support back home that helped pass the time. I guess you know, waiting for the outcome was the hardest part, but you know, um, not knowing what my future was looking like. When you first came back into the club in June. How were you feeling about that? Yeah, I had, um, I had a bit of mixed emotions about it. Um, I um, learned to take things as it comes. So, um, yeah, just, just excited for the next chapter of my journey. It was good to, to come back and, um, yeah, do what I love doing, and that, that's play footy. And Part of uh, Willie Rioli's chat that he had earlier today, um, it's uh, up on the, the Fox Sports website, I think the AFL one as well. Uh, he thanks uh, Peter Staples uh, from the West Coast Eagles, Chance Bateman, former Hawk Premiership player, but who's the Indigenous Player Services Manager at the West Coast Eagles, and Jamie Bennell, the AFL Players Association Indigenous Relationships Manager. He looks set to play his first game in 717 days, uh, the last game of the year uh, for the West Coast Eagles after serving uh, the two-year uh, doping ban. Um, wouldn't that be an incredible uh, return for him? So they take on Brisbane at the Gabba, and uh, and barring anything unforeseen, it looks like Willie Rioli will play in that game, and we wish him all the best. Uh, the other person that retired, though, Jared Harbrow, he's flown in for the last game of the year for the Suns. The game's record holder, he played 191 games for the Suns. He was their first ever to 100 games, uh, BNF in 2018, and the fifth player uh, to sign up for the fledgling club um, and started his career at the Western Bulldogs, obviously. Um, one of the really polished halfback flankers uh, could do the lockdown job as well, but poise and beautiful finishing skills, um, uh, wonderful uh, transfer, uh, wonderful transfer of the footballer. Uh, and a fantastic career and, and a heart and soul player for the Gold Coast Suns. They could have used a few more like him at various times uh, over the journey. Um, Adam Gilchrist spoke today as well. Uh, the Wolves seem to be circling for Justin Langer. Reports of unrest with certain members of the playing group. Um, Adam Gilchrist has had this to say on SENWA. The main concern is the fact that there's leaks getting out because mm. the journalists I did speak to on Friday were saying they've just got direct lines into the team and Justin's aware of that. Justin is very aware of these uh, perceived issues with his management style and he's going to keep trying to work with that and I'm sure the players will try to, to help work alongside that as well. But the bigger issue, and it will derail the summer if it doesn't get sorted out, is the fact that these journalists have direct line of contact with someone and people within the inner sanctum there and the people in that inner sanctum are happy to let it get out. 
So that's Adam Gilchrist. Tom Morris has written a story, and so do several others, that there are certain uh, areas of the playing group that aren't happy with the style of Justin Langer. Some that are, some that aren't. Uh, and it is an issue, and it's a big summer ahead. So there'll be plenty more to play out in that space. Uh, joining us next, Wayne Hughes on the Sporting Capital. He was the Carlton recruiting manager that actually drafted Eddie Betts. So we can't wait to hear uh, from him on a day that Eddie has announced that his 350th game will be his last. So we'll do that next with the Sporting Capital. Heroes and villains too. We'll do that. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.